This Good Friday as we gather, we might take a moment to reflect on why do we call it good. We call it good because it is God's Friday, the Friday that God had ordained from the beginning of time that he was going to redeem us through the death of his son, his son on the cross. We talk about the cross, we decorate our churches, our homes, with crosses, with crucifixes, and so often we forget the real power and the real evil that the cross symbolizes. The uh, history of the cross was it was used by barbarians to start with. The Celts in particular were particularly brutish in using it. And every time it was used among the Celts, it was almost a sacrifice to the gods. The Persians, or the Babylonians first, picked it up, used it as an extreme punishment, a capital punishment. The Persians picked it up, the Greeks, the Romans. The Romans, ever efficient, made it even more efficient. They became pros in making the cross a thing of execution. It is said by the historians of the time, the few that actually had the courage to write about crucifixion, that the Romans were particularly cruel. In 70 AD, after the, uh, an attempted rebellion, so many were crucified per day that they ran out of wood. And it said that the Romans, just out of sheer fun, would crucify them in all sorts of manners, upside down, sideways. They would nail not only hands and feet, but other body parts to the cross, just to see what would happen. It involved stripping the person completely naked. It involved putting their crime up on what is called the Titleist. We hear about that in today's gospel. The Jews objected, you should not have written the king of the Jews, because that's the crime, Pilate said, that he was the king of the Jews, not that he claimed to be the king of the Jews, but that he was the king of the Jews. Everyone who looked upon somebody crucified would be asking, what do they do and how do I avoid that fate? It was particularly effective. In Judea especially, they modified it to a certain degree. Because of the Jewish law, somebody who died could not be, had to be buried before sundown. And so the Romans in particular allowed that to continue. Other parts of the world, the person was on the cross until they fell off or were torn off by wild animals. The nails that they used were seven to nine inches long, most likely used in the wrist. We know in, in the scriptures we hear his hands were pierced, but um, in Greek the word for hand is also the same as for wrist. There's a nerve that's 
in between the two bones of your wrist that feels like fire is being poured up and down your arm when it is fiddled with. They most likely hit Jesus' nerves after he had been beaten, whipped, to the point that his back was shredded. He was whipped before he was even condemned to death and the other Gospels record. This never happened, except for Jesus. He was still forced to carry his cross, a beam, at minimum, a beam of a hundred and some pounds. If he was forced to carry the entire cross, some 300 pounds, to carry it for, from the place of the condemnation, just north of the Temple Mount, most likely, to the place of crucifixion all the way across town, a journey of about, about a mile, carrying the cross, falling, being taunted, spit at, jeered. Even with all, out all of that, the cross was a horrible, horrible thing. Like I already said, the historians didn't even dare to write about it much. There is a historian, Seneca, who did write about it, and there's actually one or two more, Josephus being another one, but Seneca especially wrote something that we should ponder this day. Can anyone be found who would prefer wasting away in pain, dying limb by limb, or letting out his life drop by drop, rather than expiring once for all? Can any man be found who would be willing to be fastened to the accursed tree, long sickly, already deformed, swelling with ugly wheels on shoulder and chest, and drawing the breath of life amid long drawn out agony? He should have many excuses for dying even before mounting the cross. Our answer as Christians, as Catholics, yes, there is a man who willingly, knowingly took the cross, had predicted it all during his journey to Jerusalem, that he was going to suffer greatly at the hands of the chief priests, the scribes, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, that he was going to be put to death, that he was going to be lifted up. He knew what he was going to endure. I found myself reflecting. I don't share this story too often. I'll see if I have the courage to share it at the uh, 7 p.m. service. But Christmas of 1987, I had the privilege of spending the time that my, the rest of the family had gone to Mass for that Christmas day. I had gone on Christmas Eve. I spent it with my grandmother, who was dying of cancer. She died almost six months later. And as soon as the rest of the family, Grandpa, was out of the house, I was supposed to let Grandma sleep. I was 15 at the time. She called me in, and we talked the entire time. And she shared wonderful stories that she had shared with no one else in the family. But in particular, she shared that day about her suffering. It was not easy for her. She said, 
Every day I suffer, I suffer for one of my grandchildren. Every week I offer for one of my children. She had 45 grandchildren and nine children. She said, today I'm suffering for you. That haunts me. And I am here because of her prayers, and I don't know if she knew. There's, I suspect, my, my family suspects that she knew that God was calling me to something, but at that point, I was still telling everyone, over my dead body, I'll never be a priest. And here I am. But how she could offer her life, her suffering for me. And that's only a small part of what Christ does for me. Only a small part of what Christ does for you. Have you had anyone offer his or her life for you? You can answer yes. Jesus Christ did. And he would do it again in a heartbeat. He would take that accursed tree again. Because he loves He would take it for us. Seneca asks the rhetorical question because he knows no one in the the right mind would ever answer yes. Of course we would take that. But he's a pagan. He didn't understand the love of God. This Good Friday, As we gather, we know if we want to see love, we look to the cross. It's not an instrument of torture anymore for us. It's an instrument of salvation. It's an instrument that gives us life. For those of us who have had difficulty, we can say it Definitively, there's no greater difficulty than Christ taking the cross for us. He who was sinless took the death of a murderer, of a bandit, of a highwayman. He took this extreme punishment and transformed it into the gift of life. Who are we that God would do this for us? How much does he love us that he would take this punishment? As we gather this day, we know we need to be at the foot of the cross. And let us this day hear Christ telling each and every one of us, I did this for you. I offer my life for you so that you can have eternity with me.